0: Hello, my friend, welcome back to the club. How are you today? Well, the ember days and the winter solstice are upon us. And so I thought it would be a good time to revisit this topic, to remind ourselves of how we can use the change of the season as a good time to do a quarterly health and spiritual check-in. We're about to do our three-day winter cleanse in the Christian Health Club, inspired by the ember day fasts, historically practiced by early Christians. So at the beginning of each new season in the club, we do a three-day detox that removes all meat, fish, eggs, dairy, nuts, seeds, grains, and alcohol. Um, Essentially, it's a plant-based diet that leaves you with vegetables, fruit, and plant fats like avocados, olives, and coconut. And as much as I praise animal foods, as you know, and think that protein, know that protein is absolutely critical to the diet, I recognize that periodically cycling it out is a healthy practice for the body. It gives the digestive system a break and it allows for deeper cleansing of the cells. Now, when I learned that early Christians observed a three-day spiritual practice near the beginning of each solar cycle called Ember Days, that involved abstaining from meat and focusing on prayer and thanksgiving, I thought it would be a wonderful template to revive and utilize as a quarterly health and spiritual tune-up. So the word ember comes from the Latin phrase quatar tempura, which I'm sure I just completely butchered that (laughs) pronunciation. But anyway, it means four times. So at the beginning of each season, four times a year, The church set aside three days to ask for blessings upon mankind and to give gratitude for the blessings of nature, particularly the harvests such as olives, grapes, and wheat. Although the ember days are practiced at the beginning of each new season, they don't exactly coincide with the solstices and equinoxes. And that's because they're based on the liturgical calendar, the church calendar and certain holy days. But for each, season of ember days, they are observed on Wednesdays, Fridays, and Saturdays. These are the days that Christ was betrayed, the day he was crucified, and the day he was entombed. Um, And so in the spring, it's the Wednesday, Friday, and Saturday after Ash Wednesday, and that ember fast is to give thanks for the rebirth of nature and for the gift of light. In summer, it's the Wednesday, Friday, and Saturday after Pentecost, and that is the Ember Fast to give thanks for the wheat crop. In the fall, it's the Wednesday, Friday, and Saturday after the Day of Holy Cross, and that is the Ember Fast to give thanks for the grape harvest. And in the winter, it's the Wednesday, Friday, and Saturday after the Feast of St. Lucy during the third week of Advent, we are here, (laughs) and that is the Ember Fast to give thanks for the olive crop. Now, as I was doing more research about the Ember Days, I um, found out that the church um, started them as a way to sanctify pagan practices of worshiping false gods. So back in the day, you know, the Romans had a god for everything, right? And they had these seasonal festivals, praising and praying to their agricultural gods for bountiful harvests of food. But as the Romans converted to Christianity, the church redirected this prayer and praise to God, the one true God, our Lord, and instituted the Ember Days as a way to honor these seasonal changes You know that they were used to um, and the fruits of the earth given by our creator. So in the Christian Health Club, we set aside a whole week um, to do the seasonal detox, or as our seasonal detox week, and then you can pick the three days within that week that you want to do the detox. Whether it's the three-day schedule of the ember of the ember fast. So if you're doing it like on a um, the Wednesday, Friday, and Saturday, and if you're doing that, you get a little reprieve on Thursday or if you just wanna pick three days and do them consecutively. This just makes it more flexible for people, you know, since our schedules are all different and crazy at this time of the year. I do recognize that it's disruptive, in a good way, I'm going to say, to ask um, the Christian Health Club members and to ask you, and I'm asking you to do this too, to practice this this quarterly tune-up. Um but right now, it's particularly challenging, I know because it's so busy and crazy, but that's more all the more reason why we need to slow down and be more present and do this health and spiritual discipline right here leading up to Christmas week, right? So um, so I know it's it's a little hard to fit in. But um, I think it's a good way to honor this season and get us more in the spirit of what it's about, right? And so, um, so you could just choose whichever three days this week would work for you. Now, during these quarterly detoxes that we do, we always focus on seasonal foods, that align with how God created the provision for our bodies. So we're celebrating the harvest of seasonal foods. And right now in the winter time, that's things like cranberries and oranges, beets and winter squashes. You know, you um, you can search and find a whole list um, of what those are in the health club, we have that. we have the whole thing put together for you. Um, but it's really easy to search as well. You know, as I was thinking about doing this and thinking about these seasonal foods um, and how oranges are one of the seasonal foods, it reminded me of how my husband would tell me that he always got an orange in his stocking growing up in his Christmas stocking. <laughs> And I think that's cute. And I think it's so cool because it really goes into this idea of honoring seasonal foods. That's a really old school thing to do because back in the day, seasonal produce was special, right? I mean, in the olden days, and I'm not saying my husband's old, but, you know, for his parents and their parents, it would have been very special to get a, you know, nice juicy orange in your stocking. Um, we're so removed from that now. Um, Now my husband gets a Toblerone in his stocking because it's his favorite candy bar and it's the only time of the year that he will eat one. Um, But anyway, our ancestors would have naturally eaten according to season because they didn't have any other choice. And even though we are blessed to have access to all kinds of food all year round, we miss out on that way that God created our bodies to work in sync with his seasonal provision. Psalm 145.15 says, the eyes of all look to you and you give them their food in due season. His divine design includes the perfect foods at the perfect time of the year to help best support our body through the conditions of cold, wet, and heat of each season. Plus, as I've mentioned before, science is showing how the good bacteria in our guts actually change and thrive when we eat according to season. You know, there's that research that shows how our gut bacteria shifts, or is meant to shift according to season, that the strains of bacteria change to accommodate and work with seasonal food availability. Because don't you know that God put just what we need, the right food at just the right time for our best health. You know, I read how certain foods and microbes align with our most pressing seasonal health needs, like immune boosting in the winter, decongesting the body in the spring, and dissipating the heat in the summer. You know, you think of all of those beautiful cooling fruits that we eat. So. We are meant to eat seasonally. God has equipped our body in this special way. And I think this adds a whole nother layer of reasons to praise and thank God in the spirit of the ember days. You know, just being in awe of how God made our bodies, how he made us to work in relation to creation, how there is healing power in the foods that he provides, how they feed our microbiome in a way that supports our health needs at various times of the year. It's just so cool. Now, the three winter ember days always fall during the week after the third Sunday of Advent. So that is today, actually, when this podcast um, comes out. And so this is the week that we designate to do um, this winter detox. And so we designate this week all the way up through the winter solstice. Okay. Now, as I was reading more about the winter solstice, which is the day that we have the shortest amount of daylight and the longest day of darkness in the year. Okay, and that's because the northern hemisphere of the Earth is tilted as far away from the sun as it ever goes. And historically, I thought this was so interesting because I hadn't really thought about this, but it makes sense. But historically, this time of the year um, really kind of freaked people out (laughs) because historical people had no scientific context what was happening you know all they knew was that darkness was taking over it was getting darker and darker and darker and that the light was shrinking you know, how are they to know that the darkness wouldn't completely take over and i also didn't realize this but at the winter solstice the sun kind of hovers in stillness in the southern sky for about three days before it kind of starts moving again and the earth begins to reverse its tilt as we move toward the longer daylight hours of the spring. The word solstice actually comes from the Latin words, sol, which means sun, and stire, which means to stand still. So the sun kind of hovers, kind of stands still in the same position for three days before it starts changing position again. Most of us are not paying attention to details like that, but ancient man did. They were much more in tune with nature because they had to be. It's what informed, you know, their food supply, what they could gather and hunt and grow. And they would have also had to kind of shore up their shelters, get ready to, um, you know, get their shelters ready going into this harsh season of winter. But can you imagine living all those thousands of years ago and just watching the sky and wondering what on earth (laughs) literally is going on? It's getting so dark and so cold and the sun is kind of standing still. You know, it would have been very dismal and frightening not to know and and to be reassured that light and life would go on because light meant warmth, light meant food, light meant life. But as they realized that the sun would indeed come back in full force as it started changing position again, they celebrated. And this is how and why many winter solstice celebrations and traditions across the world got started. Now, again, this involved a lot of worshiping false gods. Those who did not know the Lord, the creator of the world, worshiped the sun as a god, but not the right sun. You feel me? (laughs) The S-O-N. But what used to happen was that the ancient Romans... There was all kinds of celebrations across the world. This so this is kind of some of the ones that I read about, and I thought it was interesting. The ancient Romans held a what was described as kind of rowdy celebration around the time of the winter solstice called Saturnalia, which was a week-long celebration in honor of Saturn, their god of agriculture. Lots of food and drink, and apparently some unscrupulous behavior happened during the Saturnalia celebration. Um, the Incas had a sun festival near the winter solstice called Inti Rami. I'm probably not saying that right either. Um, but it was to pay homage to their sun god, and they fasted for three days before the solstice. The Japanese have a tradition of honoring the winter solstice by lighting huge bonfires on Mount Fuji to encourage the return of the sun. I thought it was kind of interesting that during the winter solstice, it's traditional for the Japanese to take warm baths scented with yuzu, which is a citrus fruit um, said to ward off colds and foster good health. Many also eat kabocha squash known in the United States as Japanese pumpkin um, during the solstice because it's thought to bring good luck. Now, the ancient tradition of the Yule log is something that is likely familiar to many of us without realizing that it has roots in the winter solstice celebration. So in recognition of the return of the sun, The ancient Norsemen of Scandinavia would bring home large logs, which became known as Yule Logs. They would set one end of those logs on fire and feast until the log burned out, which could take as many as 12 days. The Norse believed that each spark from the fire represented a new piglet or calf that would be born during the coming year. Um, You know, so they were just very hopeful knowing that more light and warmth would be forthcoming. And there's another winter celebration that came out of the Scandinavian culture called St. Lucia's Day or St. Lucy Day. Um, St. Lucia was a young girl, a Christian martyr known for wearing candles on her head as she snuck food to imprisoned Christians around 300 AD. She wore the light on her head to keep her hands free to deliver as much food as she could. So she she wanted her her hands free to deliver food, not to carry light. So she wore the the light on her head. Um, so Saint Lucy is now honored within the season of Advent to point to the arrival of the light of Christ on Christmas Day. And in fact, the winter Ember Days always fall after the third Sunday in Advent, as I mentioned, and the Feast of Saint Lucy. Um, and on Saint Lucia's Day, the girls in Scandinavia wear white dresses with red sashes and wreaths of candles on their heads to honor this this Christian martyr, this young girl that risked her life for for other Christians. If you think about all of this, um, there is an incredible amount of symbolism here. As we think of the dark, scary unknown, you know, of the winter solstice, um, the longest day of darkness with the least amount of light, right? And the sun kind of standing still for three days. We think about those things. And we think about how Jesus died, was entombed for three days before he rose again. At Christmas, we celebrate the birth of the light of the world. In Isaiah 9-2, it says, the people walking in darkness have seen a great light. On those living in a pitch dark land, light has dawned. And it's a few verses later that we read one of the most profound prophetic verses from the Old Testament in Isaiah 9, 6, which says, A child is born to us, a son is given, and authority will be on his shoulders, and he will be named Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. I always have trouble getting through that verse without crying. It just, ah, I just think it's so beautiful. So the sun, the S-O-N, sun is born. He gives us hope. And for ancient man who did not yet know the Lord, the creator of the sun, S-U-N, and the sun, S-O-N, the rise of the sun out of the winter solstice gave them hope that life would go on, that spring was coming. The birth of Jesus is the light for all humanity. The hope and promise of eternal life is given to all who believe in him. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Now the winter solstice typically occurs on December 21st or 22nd. This year it's on the 21st, our darkest night of the year, the the night or uh, the longest day of darkness of the year. And so then if you factor in 3 days of the stillness before the sun changes positions, that takes us into Christmas Day. So when we look at all of this together, the ember days and the winter solstice, it adds richness to the season of Advent, to our anticipation of the birth of Jesus, to our creator and how he made the earth, the sun, our food, our bodies, and how he gave us eternal light by the birth, death, and resurrection of his son. So if we can take a few days, these three days around the traditional Ember Day Fast and the winter solstice, to sit in awe of that, to pause and recognize the wonder of life, the light of our life. You know, it's more than just about changing our food or doing a detox. This is meant to be a full spirit, mind, body practice, discipline, and celebration. So I encourage you to take that time, whether it's in the Christian Health Club with us or on your own, or maybe even better if you're trying to do it on your own, get some friends or church members to do it with you. Eat super clean and simple for three three days this week with lots of seasonal fruits and veggies. Do some fasting. Detox from the busy, busy, busyness. Set aside some extra time to get in the word. Maybe you're reading the book of Luke this month, um, which is great. That's perfect. That's what we're doing in the Christian Health Club. And it's what we do in my family. Um, Every December, December 1st through 24th, we read one chapter of Luke each day. It's a perfect way to stay grounded during the season of Advent. Um, And also, you know, during this detox time, give thanks for God's provision of food, light, your body, and Jesus, the light of the world who came to save the world. Even though the days are darker at this time of the year, we know that our true light never dims. Remember that the word solstice comes from the words, uh, from the word cister, which means to stand still. So take time to stand still and bask in the light of your Lord and Savior. All right, my friends, thank you so much for listening. I hope you have a healthy and blessed week, and I will talk to you soon.